Hey, it's Mark K from the Mark K Show. You hear me every weekday morning from 10 a.m. to noon on 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's News and Talk. First of all, thanks for listening to the Mark K Show podcast. Second, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Burrish Daily Discussion podcast and Jacksonville's morning news interviews. And don't forget to head to iTunes and Google Play and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. The first hour of the Mark K Show starts now. I have a dream. My poor little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. Yeah, this is the Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, it is, I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking, I have a dream that Mark K came on at 9.07 instead of 10.07 Central Time like he usually does. And guess what? It's a, it's a dream come true for a lot of people. Um, well, except Brian Kilmeade fans. Here's what we got going on today, folks. We have a special three-hour edition of the Mark K Show uh, coming at you. We're going to be here till from 9 o'clock, which is right now, all the way through noon. All the way through noon. And we're very excited because we are joined nationally by a much larger audience than usually. Not only are we broadcasting, of course, as always, on 104.5 WOKV here in Jacksonville, Florida, but we're also excited to be on WHIO in Dayton, Ohio. And in about an hour, because, you know, Central Time, they're a little they're a little slower than the rest of us. Uh, we're also going to be joined by our friends at KRMG in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And per usual, you can always stream us live anywhere in the entire world. And I think space i'm not sure how it works i think if you've got like wi-fi in space you could probably you could probably watch us there too if you're one of those people that are um you know out on virgin galactic or if you're going to get on the the jeff bezos rocket whatever it is if you're uh, elon musk and you're going to be one of the first people uh you know up in space with that that tesla that he put up there it doesn't matter what you can do is you can stream us uh, pretty much anywhere you get a wi-fi connection on facebook we are on twitter as well they call it periscope but it's basically just twitter we're on twitch we're on uh youtube in fact i watch myself on youtube while i do the show which is kind of uh some, some people would say egomaniacal but you know i don't i don't talk to those people anyway so uh hopefully everyone had a great weekend i know that there were some big football games on last night you may have stayed up late you may not. You may not even care. And I know that a lot of people are working today. Even more people are not working today. And uh, and as a result, you know, I would say uh, probably if you had to go to the bank, you may want to put that off till tomorrow. Some doctor's offices, too. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure about the government and the post office if we're getting mail today. It's, it's all it's all kind of up in the air. This is one of those holidays where some people take it off. Some people don't. Some people celebrated. Some people are forced, especially in retail or, you know, if you make coffee for a living, uh, forced to go in and make sure that um, that they're that, you know, that they're holding down the force. Which is exactly what we're doing. Brian Kilmeade, for example, that guy gets to take the day off. The rest of us come in here and uh, and we pick up the slack. Uh, our number, by the way, 855-765-1045. That number is good anywhere in the country. Anywhere in the country. So if you're in Dayton, if you're in Tulsa, if you're here in Jacksonville, if you're watching in Las Vegas, uh, Duluth, you know, wherever you happen to be, you can, of course, uh, call in and, and, and talk to us live. We take calls constantly. And like I said, we've got an, a whole extra hour of the show today, and we've done zero extra preparation. So we've really only prepared for two hours. We've got that third hour. We probably should have thought ahead. 
you know, I, I told her I woke up this morning. I was like, oh, my God, I need three hours of stuff. Well, we'll just give out the phone call and tell people to leave open mic messages and uh, and we'll get them on the air as uh, as much as possible. Now, a couple things that we need to. In fact, I was just talking to Rich Jones here before uh, before he ended the news and, and we came in to start the show. He said, hey, Mark, what are you talking about today? And as I actually looked at the list of stuff that's going on, the question would really be, what aren't we talking about today? Because, of course, it is the celebration of Martin Luther King's birthday today. And whenever that happens, there's some, you know, quotes pop up and and Dr. King's legacy comes back into play and people start talking about the things that he was able to accomplish and his ideas and his ideals and how he changed America and the amazing progression of civil rights that Dr. King was able to spearhead. And uh, and of course, you know, the quotes keep popping up on Twitter and on Facebook. And I get emails from our content desk saying, here's some great content for you to use. on Martin. So anyway, we've got some of those here. But as I was reading through as I was reading through some of these Dr. King quotes and looking at the memes that popped up and and just reliving, you know, some of his greatest moments and some of the greatest contributions he made to this country and to the world, really, because anything that happens in America, anything that affects the United States of America, we know directly affects the rest of the world. And as I'm looking through some of these things, I realized not only were they not only were they pretty cool for their time, but they were pretty prescient for the future. And in fact, I believe that a lot of the most popular quotes that Dr. Martin Luther King is remembered for, remembered for, are also in a way kind of predictions as to our current political climate, especially in regards to Donald Trump impeachment and the supporters of the president. So we'll get into a little bit of that because I found that to be totally fascinating. Also. Speaking of the president, and look, this presidential uh, election, it's, it's coming up fast and furious. I was going through the calendar and, you know, the Iowa caucus is going to be on February the 3rd. We were talking a little bit about that the other day. And, and I like to talk about it because I, it's fun to say caucus. Also, it's uh, it's going to be a big event. It's going to really kind of give us a clearer picture as to what's going to happen as far as the Democratic front runners and who potentially has the ability to to garner enough support in their party to take on Donald Trump in the election uh, coming. November. So uh, we and there's a, as also as a result, when you start to see the the Democratic uh, primary start to whittle down to maybe like the top. Well, we had the top six of the debate. Probably the Iowa caucus will whittle it down even further. We'll get to maybe we'll see really who the top four contenders even even fewer than that are. When that happens, you start to get more attacks, more more inter-party attacks on people, more uh, more of the of the light shone on the front runners to show you not why they're so good, but maybe remind you of their fallacies and their evil deeds and uh, and remind you why you should not vote for them if you're a Democrat. And if you do vote for them as a Democrat, why you're a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad person. So we'll get into a, there's some new information about Joe Biden, basically, which uh, we're going to we're going to rake him through the coals later because he deserves it. Finally, well, not finally, but also. It, today being January 20th, today being January 20th, it is not only the celebration of the life of uh, Martin Luther King. It is also the third anniversary of the inauguration of Donald Trump. It's the third anniversary of the inauguration of Donald Trump. It was three years ago today. I was there. I was in Washington, D.C., January 20th. It was really cold. I think I was actually wearing the same clothes that I'm wearing right now. And I you know, walked out on the mall, thousands of people there. It was rainy. Some senators and congresspeople had decided to sit out because they were still mad that they lost the election. Uh, and Donald Trump took the oath of office with, ironically, a, uh, with uh, Chief Justice John Roberts there to administer it, who now 
three years later, just took an oath himself to administer the impeachment trial of Donald Trump in the Senate. Uh, Very interesting juxtaposition when you see it. Uh, But I was watching the old tapes and I took some home movies. And in fact, on my Facebook page right now, there's a video. It's a Mark show memory, if you will. Three years ago today, live at Inauguration Day in uh, in Washington, D.C. And the place was lousy with protesters. I mean, just lousy with protesters. You can see all that in the video. And we have some of the clips. And it's, it's interesting to show you how. In the mind of the of these left wing socialists who have hated Donald Trump since day one, very little has changed. But when you look at the country as a whole from just three years ago today, when Barack Obama was whisked out of office and Donald Trump took the oath and took over the country and started directing us into the great future that we now uh, know as our present. uh, It's really interesting to see just how far this country has come in three short years. Years. Also, I can't believe it was three years ago. It literally, it when I saw that, uh, when I saw that it was the third anniversary of inauguration, I was like, man, I feel like it was literally just yesterday. Uh, but it was, it was, it was, it was like nine hundred and eighty yesterday's. And it doesn't matter. Uh, Got to take a quick break. When we get back, like I said, if you're trying to get through on the phone, it's really easy. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five is the number. Uh, you can leave us an open mic message on our app too. One zero four point five WOKV in the App Store, and we'll play some of those too. Quick break. A special edition of the Mark K Show returns right after this. The Mark Hay Show. My name is Mark Hay. Thanks so much for joining us today, folks. So excited that you're here. And, uh, we're joined by a lot of other. First of all, we're joined by the 9 o'clock crew, who's usually like turning on the radio, probably going, WTF? What happened? What happened to my radio? Maybe you're even shaking in a little bit or hitting the button going, this doesn't sound like that guy from Fox and Friends. Uh, but a lot of people in uh, in Dayton, Ohio are waking up to going, I think I kind of remember this guy. His voice sounds familiar, but uh, didn't he used to fill in for Herman Cain? Yes. True story. I used to fill in for Herman Cain. Uh, now I have my own show here in Jacksonville every day and, and uh, the fine folks in Dayton have decided to pick it up. Fun fact number two, sometimes when I'm off, I ask Herman T- Cain to fill in for me and he goes, uh, no, thank you. And then, uh, so that's it. So we just run, we just run, <laughs> we just run old, old shows. Uh, 855 uh, 855-765-1045 is our number if you want to get through. And it is a Martin Luther King's birthday today. Or really, his birthday is on the 15th, but it's always on a Monday. So they just kind of, it's the closest Monday to Martin Luther King's birthday, which is really, um, which is really what we should call it. And a couple of things, uh, before I get into these quotes, I want to play you this. There's a guy uh, who follows me on Facebook, and I'm trying to see. I'll get his name here in just a minute. Uh, but he he left this for me. He is a, uh, I guess, a, a performer, musician, and he came up with this this really catchy song. Uh, and I thought it would be appropriate to play today. It's called Yo Trump. Listen carefully. Now it's time for America to bind the wounds of division. We have to get together. To all Republicans and Democrats and independents across this nation, I say it is time for us to come together as one united people. Time. I pledge to every citizen of our land that I will be president for all Americans. 
and this is so important to me. Yo, not them eight years prior was a flat out shame. Head straight down the drain from your man who sang. Democrats, Republicans, see they're all the same. Talk a good talk and still nothing changed. Yo, that's my dog, y'all. Accuse him of something, be ready to brawl. The Russian collusion, Ukraine lies. The haters keep attacking, but you're still my guy. Before you ran for office, all the liberals loved you. Shook your hands, took your checks, now they're out to destroy you. I want to thank you for being the man. A billionaire plans work as hard as you can. 2016 was a wonderful year. We're duly elected as the people cheer. You rough around the edges and you speak your mind. Keep the left with the hippie bitch all the time. So congratulations on what you've done. I thank God you're not easily pumped. The haters on the left and right to call you a chump. And now the world calls you President Trump. So you're Trump. Congratulations on what you've done. I thank God you're not easily pumped. The haters on the left and right to call you a chump. That's an original song that guy wrote. I think his name is uh, trying to find it. Anyway, he did a great job. I'll find his name. I'll put it in the comments there. And he sent me that, and I thought to myself, that is so great. And he talks about, of course, uh, how poignant it is as a, as a black man in America, how Donald Trump uh, has is now fulfilling the promises that Barack Obama, the first African-American president, made, but, of course, then uh, didn't keep or didn't want to keep or just forgot about, you know, probably probably all of the above. Um, and, I, you know, when I wanted to point that out and say thank you so much uh, for sharing that. And we get a lot. We get a lot of African-Americans calling the show saying the same thing, saying, look, Donald Trump is doing what Barack Obama said he never would. And, you know, it, it's interesting because it just goes to show on Martin Luther King Day, I think it's interesting to point out that you have a white president doing more for minorities than a minority president ever did for anybody. And some of the quotes that Martin Luther King is most famous for, which I was looking over the past couple of days, it, it's very interesting to me. It's very poignant because not only at the time was it, uh, you know, it, was it the sentiment for the moment during the civil rights movement? And not only were these great quotes to inspire the people all over the country, at the March in, March in Washington and in Selma and in Alabama and in Mississippi and in Memphis, where he uh, where he was, you know, um, gunned down. But not only were they great quotes and ideas for that time, but they were really kind of premonitions for today. Listen to this. Here's one Martin Luther King quote I'm sure that you've heard. If we are not careful, our colleges will produce a group of close-minded, unscientific, illogical propagandists consumed with immoral acts. This is clearly a direct prediction uh, of parents, politicians and educators who now find that their institutions of higher learning have been transformed into basically liberal brainwashing centers. Martin Luther King also said back in the day, quote, true peace is not merely the absence of tension. It is the presence of justice. How much do we see this in the press when the press accuse the president, Donald Trump, of being uh, of animosity, of anger, of hatred, of calling them the enemy of the people? They can't handle the tension when they don't realize that that has nothing to do with peace. Peace is justice. And until the press is just to the president, there will be tension between the two. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, Martin Luther King also wrote, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. How much more telling is this of Donald Trump's personal position on impeachment and on the United States of America? How telling is this 
when Donald Trump stands the same day that he is being impeached by the U.S. House of Representatives, stands in a chamber with a with a bipartisan supported bill to redo NAFTA with Canada, Mexico, both on board just days after signing an amazing deal with China, working together internationally despite everything going on. It's the, the true measure of a man where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience. No, where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. And in these challenging and controversial times, when the United States House of Representatives has been chasing him for three years for bogus crimes of, of abuse of power and collusion in those times that is when donald trump has been uh truly measured as a great man quick break we have a couple more things i want to share with you about martin luther king quotes and how they are so so predictory predictory how they so predicted what's happening today we'll do that in just a minute more of the mark k show coming up Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. We're getting so much closer to Dr. Martin Luther King's dream where you're judged by the content of your character, not the color of your skin. Donald Trump still is uh, judged for being orange and not the things that he's been able to accomplish as president. But we're working hard. We are working hard to uh, to fix that. 855-765-1045. Randy uh, from Denton, Texas. Randy, thanks so much for listening today. How you doing, Randy? Hey, you're welcome, man. Mark, uh, second time I've called you, man. I love your show. Oh, I appreciate that, Randy. I love that you love the show, and I love that you pick up the phone and call. What do you want to say today, sir? Oh, well, I want to say that the, the the black community in particular let down Martin Luther King. Uh, when they hired Obama to be president, they hired a man based on the color of his skin. I'm gonna, Hold on. I'm going to stop you right there because that is only partially true. The majority of people who voted for Barack Obama weren't – it wasn't the black voters. It was a lot of the elitist white voters who thought that it was cool to vote for Barack Obama, who thought they were being socially acceptable, uh, who uh, thought that they were undoing some kind of horrible uh, you know, wrong uh, misdeed for centuries of Americans. Because Barack Obama, yes, he got the black vote, but, I mean, that's something John McCain was never going to get. That's something that Mitt Romney was never going to get. Uh, however, I don't think either of them really courted the black vote either. Barack Obama was voted, was elected both times by guilty white voters. And I think now what you're starting to see is that with Donald Trump, uh, there's a black community who who is going to vote for Donald Trump despite what their party is telling them to do, because that's the other thing. The Democratic Party has always, has always managed to manipulate the African-American vote better than anybody else. And they've they've almost guaranteed them a, themselves a solid block of black voters to push whatever candidate, flawed, not flawed, whatever. They've been able to just basically lock up that voting block. And now 
it's being they're not able to do it. Donald Trump is chipping away at it. You've got people like, well, that song we just played by uh, his name is Nate Smoove, by the way. We pinned it on our Facebook page. That song we just played, you've got a huge walk away movement. Doc, who listens to our show every day and calls in and talks about how he and so many people like him. Candace Owens, who's out on Twitter and and uh, and in Congress and on television and, and blogging and podcasting and Kanye West, who goes to the White House and so many others. Even I was listening to the old clips of Shaquille O'Neal and and Charles, uh, what's his name? Barkley. Charles Barkley, who were ragging on Jussie Smollett when he faked. I mean, th- th- you've got a huge, you've got a huge percentage of the black population who is disbanding from the Democratic community and not just handing their votes over to them because they realize, they realize, and a lot of it is thanks in part to those guilty white voters who put Barack Obama in office and helped prove that just because you have a minority president doesn't mean he's going to do anything for minorities. Hey, uh, but again, Randy, great point, though, man. Thanks so much for calling. We really appreciate it. All right. A couple more of these quotes that I wanted to share with you about uh, Martin Luther King and how they weren't just great for the time, but how they are very, very specific for today. And we went through about three of them. Here's another one of my favorites is coming up. But here's another one. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. This is why right temporarily defeated is stronger than evil triumphant. Now, I want everybody to think about this, especially if you're a conservative, a Republican, a Donald Trump supporter, a quote unquote deplorable. Because what Martin Luther King said was, right, temporarily defeated, is stronger than evil triumphant. And this is something that we can see right now, today, tomorrow, next week, and probably for a few weeks to come in the impeachment trial in the Senate of President Donald J. Trump. Because because the right, and I'm not talking the political right, I'm talking about the actual good right, opposite of wrong, has been temporarily defeated in the House of Representatives. Right has been totally defeated by Adam Schiff, by Jerry Nadler, and by the Queen Bee herself, Nancy Pelosi. Right has been squashed, buried, stabbed through the heart uh, with a rolled up copy of the Constitution in the U.S. House of Representatives, one of the chambers of the three branches of government. It happens. But as Martin Luther King reminds us uh, posthumously, that right temporarily defeated is stronger than evil triumphant. And now that we move to the Senate, you're going to start to see this change. You're going to start to see this ideological, uh, ideological empowerment of actual right. How Donald Trump will not be convicted. How Donald Trump will not be found guilty, but he will be rejuvenated. In fact, the entire spirit of the Republican Party and the American people is going through this amazing energy. Because of what happened in the House of Representatives and the senators, uh, both Democrat and Republican in the Senate, the managers, the lawyers, the media even, and the American voters who put Donald Trump in office in the beginning are starting to see that even though there was a temporary setback with this bogus impeachment, that right temporarily defeated is stronger than evil triumphant. Kind of gives me goosebumps. Uh, or that could just be that could just be a uh, rash from my alley. I get a little there's a lot of pollen in the air. Uh, and then finally, one of my favorite quotes from Martin Luther King of all time. And I think that you, you've probably heard this one. You're probably uh, you're probably familiar with it. He said he wrote in a letter when he was sitting in prison. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. 
And I want you to realize how important that is. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And he wasn't just talking about uh, small town municipalities or southern police stations or or tiny courtrooms in the middle of nowhere. He wasn't just talking about, you know, the American political system and the courtrooms, but he's talking about injustice everywhere in the school, in the church and in the U.S. House of Representatives. And where have we seen more injustice as of late than in the U.S. House of Representatives? Where have we seen uh, such a just a, a, a blatant abuse of power by one group over another in recent history or any time in history as we have recently in the U.S. House of Representatives? Again, with Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler pushing through this bogus impeachment, uh, be, be, squandering away any due process, locking up witnesses, refusing public testimony, refusing any kind of cross-examination by the opposing party, the victim, if you will, the, the accused. That is one of the grossest forms of injustice we've ever seen. And the second part of that quote is even more important as we head into the second part of the trial. He said, we are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. And this is one of the most prophetic things that Dr. Martin Luther King has ever said. And what it means is that if you practice injustice or if you squash the rights of somebody, that is a threat to justice everywhere. And that means we are all tied together. And what you do to one, you do to all, including yourself, which means sometime in the near future, if you squash the justice anywhere of a single person, a single citizen, a single politician, and even the president of the United States of America, if you do that, it's going to come back and bite you in your ass so hard, you're never going to forget it. 855-765-1045. That's not my words. That's the words of the Reverend Martin Luther. I'm paraphrasing. I don't think he said bite in the ass, but that's what he meant. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of the Marcation. More of your phone calls coming up. Stay tuned. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, this is Jim's Liquors. Uh, your 12 cases of vodka, and you need to come pick them up. It's over a week now. I'm getting tired of it. I'm going to doubt the veracity of that open mic. I don't think that's real because I don't think Nancy Pelosi would ever leave 12 cases of vodka in the liquor store for longer than a week. I just something tells me that that's fake. But uh, if you want to leave us an open mic message, we appreciate it. Like, whatever you want to say, open mics are great because you download the app, uh, 104.5 WOKV, or if you're one of our HIO listeners today, WHIO in Dayton, you can download your own app and you can uh, use an open mic message and we can access that. We can hear everything you're saying up there in Ohio. Just saying. Just know that whenever you send in an open mic um, that's recorded that there's other people listening to it. And we can get that on the air as well. Uh, and in just a minute, we're going to be joined by our friends from KRMG in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They're not here yet, so we can we can feel free to talk about them for the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, 855-765-1045. Patrick in Orange Park, Florida has been waiting very patiently. Patrick, hi, how are you? Thanks for calling the Mark K Show. Good morning, Mark. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great, man. What do you want to say, sir? Uh, you know, I just wanted to uh, kind of focus on Mr. King's brilliant initial thought of having a dream of us, you know, living in a country of uh, not seeing color, but seeing the content of each other's character. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think the, uh, the, the, the at this point in our history that the uh, 
the color of our skin should be a null factor. It should be. Um, and that should be a veiled reference to just uh, the outward appearance and judging each other on on what we are actually made of. You know, it's a, and if you think about it, Patrick, and this is something that is so ironic to me, but the people, the people in this country who are the biggest detriment to Dr. King's legacy and the people in this country who are the most anti Martin Luther King's dreams happen to be on the left hand side of the aisle because they're the ones that will differentiate people between black, white, Latino. They're the ones that will throw out the word racist, uh, xenophobe. They're the ones that use that kind of language. Donald Trump, he'll hate you for your ideas and your stupidity and your abuse of power and your and your just pure anger at him, no matter what color you are, no matter what race you are, no matter what your heritage, no matter what religion. If Nancy Pelosi were a black man, he'd hate her just as much as he does that she's a white woman. I mean, these are things that Donald Trump and a lot of people on the on the conservative right, they understand. They understand that you judge people by their ideas. You judge people by their values. You judge people by their character. Take, for example, Herman Cain. Herman Cain, my predecessor, again, who I used to have the, and those of you listening in Ohio, understand and maybe remember me from the days that I would sit in on Herman's show or when he was going off to Vegas to win even more money than he already had, uh, I would be able to uh, to take over his entire program for the day. And Herman Cain was a perfect example of how people on the left are detrimental to Martin Luther King's legacy because people on the left and some Republicans, but mostly people on the left who were afraid of Herman Cain and his ideas, nine you know, uh, the, the, the fair tax coming in and actually living by the principles that Donald Trump is now using successfully. Principles of somebody who comes from the private sector, the business sector, a successful businessman, a manager, somebody coming in and saying, let's put politics aside and fix the underlying problems with the United States of America. Happened to be a black guy from Atlanta. You know who else was a black guy from Atlanta? Martin Luther King Jr. In fact, Martin Luther King Jr. had more in common with Herman Cain than he did with Barack Obama. And in the end, had Herman Cain won election, he would have done more for the African-American community than Barack Obama ever did. And now you have Donald Trump, a white man who is in the office of the presidency, the highest executive in the land, and the unemployment for African-Americans is at the lowest, and the poverty levels are going down, and the economy is soaring, and everybody, everybody in the United States, every white person, black person, Latino, Hispanic, every Jew, every Muslim, every Catholic, every agnostic, every Wiccan, every man, woman, and tax-paying child received a tax cut. Every single one of them. Donald Trump didn't just cut taxes for white people. Donald Trump didn't just cut taxes for Republicans. Donald Trump just didn't cut taxes for anyone in the state of Florida or New York who happened to vote for him. He cut taxes for all Americans because he is the president of everybody in the United States of America. And the only person, the only people who get up and differentiate between the color of your skin and the content of your character are Democrats who will, without even blinking an eye, point at anybody, including my good friend Herman Cain, and call them a racist, simply because they disagree. 855-765-1045 is the number, 855-765-1045. This is Sam checking in from Dayton, Ohio. How you doing, Sam? 
I got your feet in a heartbeat, brother. Yeah, I appreciate you calling in, man. How are things in Dayton? Cold. Oh, good. Cold. <laughs> yeah, they're cold ever. What's up, man? What do you want to say, sir? I'm wondering why the Republicans, the right, the law enforcement, why can they not enforce the laws? I mean, obviously, it's blatantly obvious to me that uh, the example of quid pro quo was spoken right out of the horse's mouth, per se, with Joe Biden on the video. And then why, you know, why isn't he getting charged? Yeah. Not just examined or looked at. Sam, great. That's a great. You know what? We got to take another quick break. Uh, we have to do traffic weather news. We'll be back here in just a minute. But that's great. I have some new information. You think that the Hunter Biden quid qu- uh, quid pro Joe was bad? Just wait until the other four quid pro Joes that were just uncovered. Uh, there's an article in the New York Post over the weekend. I'll share this with you because it's fascinating. We'll get into a little bit of that here in just a minute. Uh, Sam, thanks so much for calling. Thanks for listening on WHIO today on uh, 104.5 WOKV here in Jacksonville. This is a special three-hour edition of The Marque Show, and we'll be right back next. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's The Marque Show. This is The Marque Show. Show. My name's Mark K. Thanks so much for joining us today, folks. We appreciate it. It's Martin Luther King Day today, and a lot of people are off. Brian Kilmeade's one of them. Um, so if you're used to listening to Brian Kilmeade, well, uh, maybe if you're maybe if you're in our uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma today, and you're listening on KRMG, we welcome you to the program. We are doing a special three-hour edition of the Mark K. Show out of Jacksonville, Florida, on 104.5 WOKV, and we're also always so excited to be on in uh, Dayton, Ohio, at WHIO. In fact, I and that station, by the way, so nice, so well run. The people there are just amazing. Last of when we went up to. To, uh, the Donald Trump rally in Cincinnati, we were um, we were invited guests to go into the big broadcast complex that is WHIO and uh, and do our show there. And I signed a pair of headphones. They had a pair of headphones there. I noticed that they have like a little historic radio museum. So uh, when I went in there, they had all these great pieces of memorabilia from from talk radio throughout the years right there in the in in the uh, in the hallway. And in this locked cabinet, they had a photo of of Neil Bortz, who's a you may remember, and he had an autographed pair of headphones. They had, again, my old buddy Herman Cain with an autographed pair of headphones. And then they had uh, a picture of Brian Kilmeade from Fox and Friends and the Brian Kilmeade show autographed pair of headphones in this cabinet. And I just I thought that was great. So after I did my show there, I got a Sharpie and I signed the headphones that they let me use. And then they said, what the hell are you doing? Why are you writing on our stuff? And I go, oh, I thought maybe you could put them in the case. And they're like, you just wrote on you just wrote, you literally some guy was like, you wrote on my headphones. That's not cool. So um, anyway, I don't know. That's why we're anyway, we appreciate being back. That's that's very nice of them to have us back. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. We had a call we want to reference here in just a minute. But first, Pearl in Shirley, Long Island has been waiting very patiently to say something. Good morning, Pearl. How are you? Welcome to the Mark K show. Good morning, Mark. How are you doing? I am doing great, Pearl. I'm doing wonderful. I hope you have uh, I hope you uh, had something interesting to say. Yes, I do. Oh, great. Okay. Let's hear it. First, go, let's go with little Mike. Let's go with little Mike. Are we talking about Listen, little Mike Bloomberg? Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We okay. call him little Mike in New York because that's what he is. Yeah, he's okay. a miniature version of a man. Got it. Okay. So, all right. Okay. So let me explain. 
He's a multi-billionaire. Correct. He had to waste some of his money. By the time this man thinks he's going to be elected, he's going to be 80 years old. That ain't happening. Now, let's couple with Hillary Clinton. No one's heard a word from Hillary Clinton, right? That, luckily, we've been thinking right? our lucky stars. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because she's waiting for all these imbeciles to come out and says, okay, okay, come on, come on, I'll come out, I'll vote, vote for me, I'm going to run president. That's why she's staying low. Because she's trying to absorb some energy from her grandchildren to turn around and stupidly run for the presidency, what, the third, fourth time? Nobody cares about her. But she's laying low. For what reason? Ah, she's not backing up any candidate. Why? She's trying to run. Okay, so you know why she came to New York for? Because we could care less about her. No, yeah, well, she came because you had an open Senate seat. That's why. Uh, Pearl, let me ask you this question. So, are you saying it's going to be Little Mike or Hillary Clinton? Who do you think will get the? It's going to be Hillary Clinton. Little Mike just needed some money to go away so he can turn around and say in his taxes, look what I did. I took my money Got it. and I spent, uh, yeah, okay. he's a waste. He's a waste. Okay. All right. Hey, Pearl, listen, thank you so much for calling. We appreciate <laughs> She definitely had something interesting to say. Uh, yeah, little Mike. Uh, little Mike. I never thought about that. I hadn't. I've heard a lot of theories about Michael Bloomberg and how he's getting into the race and how he's the. I mean, he he was the Republican uh, mayor of, of New York City for so long, and now he's the Democrat running independently, and he's bypassing all of the primaries and the caucuses, and he's just going to spend about. He's really the anti-Democrat, is what it is, and maybe that's what the Democratic Party needs. I mean, it worked for the look. Everyone said Donald Trump was not a Republican, and now he's the, one of the greatest republican presidents we've ever had maybe the democrats who've been who've been losing and who've been so lost for so long maybe they need an anti-democrat maybe instead of uh attacking millionaires and billionaires they're going to finally elect one you know and, and bernie sanders is going to roll over in his grave first he'll have to die but then he'll roll over in his grave i mean he's not that far off he already had one heart attack but bernie sanders he literally is 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 accusing michael bloomberg of going out there and trying to buy the election which is i mean it's not an accusation it's just basically a fair and valid point uh but i hadn't heard that he was doing it for the tax break that's a that's a new one uh, all right speaking of tax breaks and speaking of billionaires let's talk about the current front runner shall we because we had a guy just call in and say what's up with biden why isn't this biden thing being investigated why isn't biden uh why isn't biden in prison why isn't hunter biden being called you know, for crimes against the United States of America. Why isn't Joe Biden being accused of abuse of power and using taxpayer dollars to strong arm the Ukraine? Why is it all on Donald Trump? And that's a great question. Uh, but now that Joe Biden is clearly the front runner and now that this this uh, trial is beginning in the Senate, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and a lot of other things are being thrust back into the spotlight. For example, if there are witnesses called, if the uh, if the Senate allows witnesses to be called and Ted Cruz and 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 uh, Lindsey Graham have both made this very clear to the Democrats that it will not be just Republican or Democratic witnesses. For example, if they want to call if they want to call John Bolton, perfect. The, the Republicans will be calling Hunter and Joe Biden. If they want to call somebody else from Donald Trump's legal team, no problem. We're going to put the whistleblower right up there on the stand and potentially Adam Schiff. So 
it's going to be interesting to see who really wants these uh, these the Senate, uh, the testimony of these Senate witnesses coming forward. The Democrats say they do because they want to make it look like if the Republicans don't allow it, they're being just as unjust and 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 party uh, biased and one sided as the Democrats were in the original impeachment inquiry in the House of Representatives. Um, but they don't actually want the witnesses because they don't want the front runner for the president of the United States and his son to have to get up there and testify about all the corruption we know that happened in the Ukraine. But that's not all. Because Joe Biden didn't just help his son. Joe Biden had his own little Delaware mafia building. It was like it was like the Biden mob out there in Wilmington, Delaware. And it was all his family, you know, much like the Italians in New York and you watch The Godfather. Joe Biden was building with his power and his influence this corrupt gang of his entire family. And there's a new book out, uh, comes out today called Profiles in Corruption, Abuse of Power by America's Progressive Elites. And it's written by Peter Schweizer. He wrote the um, Clinton Cash book. Well, this new one, there's a there was a great excerpt of it or a, an article about it in the in the New York Post. Let me read to you from it. This was written by Peter, by the author. He wrote political figures have been have long used their families to route power and benefits for their own self enrichment. In my new book, one particular politician, Joe Biden, emerges as the king of the sweetheart deal with no less than five family members benefiting from his largesse, his favorable access and powerful position for commercial gain. In Biden's case, these deals include foreign partners and in some cases, even U.S. taxpayer dollars. This is I mean, it's you we knew that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden had something going on. But until you really dig in and investigate, because Joe Biden's been in office a long time, you don't even realize you don't even realize that it wasn't one quid pro Joe. It was multiple quid pro Joe's. And the reason they're all rich today is simply because Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. Uh, he goes on to write. When this subject came up in 2019, Biden declared, you remember this one? Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Well, according to this new book and this article in the New York Post, uh, that is far from the case. In fact, it's entirely untrue. There are five times in recent history that Joe Biden, since coming to Washington, has been able to turn his power into profit for his closest friends and family members. And we got to take a quick break, but I'll share them with not just Hunter Biden, but his brother, his other brother, his son-in-law, his daughter. If you're a Biden, you can you can just basically cash your own. You can write your own ticket. When I grow up, I want to be a Biden. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of the Mark K Show coming up. Stay tuned. Mr. Vice President, how many times... Have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. After that, he got really angry to his remember. He goes, you're asking the wrong question. You got to talk to Donald Trump about his abuse of power, about how he abuses power and took America at a period. 
Donald, that's it, by the way, <laughs> Joe Biden's favorite word. I used to like, I thought Joe Biden's last name was period. I thought his name was Joe Biden, period, because that's the last thing I was is period. Or maybe he just always speaks in voice to text. Maybe that's it. What maybe. does that mean? <laughs> Question mark. Joe Biden, Joe Biden sending a text. Hey, uh, Siri, text Jill. Tell her that I'm coming home and I'm bringing home milk and eggs and bread, period. Milk, comma, and comma, eggs, comma, period. <laughs> That's weird. He's so angry there. Anyway, um, it's, but it's not, here's the thing. That sentence, that uh, that quote of his, Joe Biden, now famous, I never talked to my son ever about his business dealings, is now notorious for being probably the biggest lie or one of the biggest lies he's ever told. Because the quid pro Joe with Hunter, we know, was not the only time that Joe Biden has used his power of political influence to help his family members. Profiles in corruption, abuse of power by America's progressive Elite comes out today. It's a new book by Peter Schweizer, who wrote uh, Clinton Cash. Here, let me run through. These are just these are just five of the known Bidens who have basically benefited from Joe's uh, political dealings. The first is his brother, James Biden. James Biden has been with Joe since the beginning. He ran um, he ran the campaign. He was the finance chair of his 1972 Senate campaign. And after he was elected to the Senate, Joe would bring his brother along everywhere on every single trip. He would bring him on congressional dele- uh, delegation trips. They went to Europe. They went to Africa. They went to Ireland. They probably drank a lot while they were there because, well, you know, they're Bidens. Uh, they're, I mean, when, I, when Irish people go to Ireland, I mean, when Irish people go to the gas station, they drink a lot. So that's not too far-fetched. And then he also, when he became vice president, was a frequent visitor at the White House. And one time he was at the White House was the same time a guy who ran a company called Hillstone International was at the White House. And wouldn't you know it that after Joe Biden met with the head of Hillstone International and his brother three weeks later... Hillstone announced that Joe's uh, brother, James, would be joining the firm as an executive vice president. This is the kicker. The best line. James appeared to have little or no background in housing construction, but that did not seem to matter to Hillstone Construction. They made him an executive vice president anyway. Does this not seem very familiar Burisma, an energy company in the Ukraine, hired Hunter Biden, who, oh, yeah, had zero experience in anything, let alone energy in the Ukraine. But let's go on. Six months later, the firm announced a contract to build 100,000 homes. Guess where? War-torn Iraq. Guess who gave them that contract? The United States government. It was part of a $35 billion deal to rebuild Iraq after the war. The Iraq project was massive, perhaps the single most lucrative project for the firm ever. A group of minority partners, including Joe Biden's brother James, stood to split around $735 million from a government contract signed off by the president of the United States, his brother's boss. Hunter Biden, we all know about Hunter Biden. We all know that uh, what happened with Burisma. But Hunter Biden, that was one of many. Hunter, Joe's son, launched businesses fused to his father's power that led him to lucrative deals with a rogues gallery of governments and oligarchs around the world. Sometimes he would hitch a prominent ride with his father aboard Air Force Two to visit a country where he was courting business. Other times would be way more discreet, but they always involved foreign entities that just wanted something from his dad. Dr. Howard Krein is Joe's son-in-law. He married Joe Biden's daughter, Ashley. 
He had a new startup company. And when we say startup, we mean startup. It was three people who didn't even have a website. Yet in 2011, they were ushered into the Oval Office to meet with the president. And that same day were introduced at a press conference. The next day, startup health took off. Howard Krein, married to Joe Biden's youngest daughter, was the chief medical officer. Startup Health offers to provide companies technical and relationship advice in exchange for a stake of their business. What does that mean? Give us half your business and we'll give you direct access to the president and vice president of the United States. Frank Biden, Joe's other brother, landed in Costa Rica aboard Air Force Two in 2019 in 2009. It was the first time a sitting president had visited since 1997. His dream was to build a golf course, a casino and a country club in the jungles of Costa Rica. On October 4th, the Costa Rican Ministry of Public Education signed a letter of intent with Frank's company and backed the project with 6.5 million taxpayer dollars. That's not all. Through Joe and Barack Obama, he was able to get contracts of $10 million in Jamaica, $47.5 million in Jamaica, and all through the Caribbean. And finally... One you may not know about, but probably one of the longest signs of of political corruption in the Biden family was Joe's sister, Valerie. She's been with him since day one, ran every single one of his campaigns, managed his presidential run in 1988, managed his presidential run in 2008. She was a senior partner in a company called Joe Slade White and Company. The company consisted of two people, Joe Slade White and Biden's sister. Valerie got over two and a half million dollars in consulting fees taken directly from the donations to the Biden for Senate and Biden for president campaign. Hey, sis, why don't you manage my campaign? I'll just funnel two point five million dollars from the campaign coffers uh, into your uh, into your shadow company so that you can retire a very rich like could you imagine what this guy if he did all of this for all of these people as just a senator and a vice president could you imagine how much advantage he would take of you and me and our taxpayer dollars if he ever ever got anywhere close to the oval office Ugh, I sh- it makes me shudder it could just be that it's frigidly cold in here though 855-765-1045 quick break more of the Marque show coming up stay tuned Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. Hey, Mark. My boss and I, Jacksonville, love your show, love everything you do. So I want to say thank you for letting us ignore each other for a few hours every day. You know, of all the things we do here, just giving you the opportunity to ignore your uh, superiors for three hours, that is that makes me that makes my heart feel warm inside. That's why that's why we do what we do uh, so that you can listen to me and not, you know, your boss or your wife or your kid or whatever. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. So we we're just uh, we we're just talking about the Bidens. We got a bunch of phone calls um, about that. First up is Doc. Uh, Doc, thanks so much for calling the Marquee Show. How you doing, Doc? Doc, you there? You have blown my mind with this research. It's absolutely shocking. But what 
I would love for you to do is to blow liberals' minds. If you did that same segment, but just said Trump and Don Jr., on all of that information, they would blow a fuse, a tranny, the engine, and everything. If you just said exact, the exact same thing you just said about Biden and his son and all those uh, shady deals, put Trump and Jr. in it. Those liberals would go nuts. <laughs> they surely, you, I, you're surely, they surely uh, would, Doc. You're absolutely right about that. The, and they already are doing with Trump. The only difference is that Donald Trump has never held a public office in his life. Donald Trump created a company. And when you have a company, you hire your kids and they go to work and they make deals and they figure out how to run office buildings and hotels. And you're actually turning a profit. You're, you're taking part in the capitalist system. When you're vice president or senator, that is not a, that is not a job. That is not something where you're supposed to be able to build wealth. And you're definitely not supposed to be able to build your family's wealth either. But that's the way it worked. Joe Biden. And if you look at it, I don't mean, but for all I know, they had this plan from the get go. From all I know, they were back there in Delaware or Scranton or wherever the hell they claim to be from. Whenever they're in Pennsylvania, he's from Scranton. Whenever they're in Delaware, he's from Delaware. Uh, but but they could have been back in Wilmington years ago plotting this like like the Corleone family with Joe Biden. You are going to go into the government and get us the lucrative contracts and you're going to hand them out to your brothers, to James and to Frank. And your sister just got married to a doctor and he's a schmuck and he's got no future. So you're going to get him. We're going to create a company for him. You're going to get that Barack Obama fella. You give him a big contract. You set him up. This is the way of the of the Biden family. Joe, it's up to you. I mean, that's probably, you know, like you heard of Cosa Nostra. This could be Cosa Jostra. And he's he's over and over again. And then when he had his own kids, when he had when he had his own kids, you know, Bo Biden, sure, he seemed like he had a he had a, a bright future ahead of him. And, you know, unfortunately, things happen and he's no longer with us. Hunter, he's the exact opposite. That guy was a screw up from day one, but he's still got to eat. So what do you do? What do you do when you're a Biden? You go into the family business. And what is the Biden family business? It's selling access to the president and the vice president of the United States. It's using taxpayer dollars in some way to strong arm foreign countries into investing in your family's businesses. That's what the Bidens do for a living. 855-765-1045. Lorenza in Jacksonville. How you doing, Lorenza? Yeah, we were, we probably was wrong about Biden saying he's a darling old man. He probably would say, hey, when I get there, I'm going to play a fool. I'm going to everybody, so they won't never suspect me. Oh, he may be brilliant. That's probably why Obama had him as his vice president. Obama know how smart Biden probably is. You know, if Biden's only playing the fool, give that guy the Academy Award. Because I believe it. If he's just playing a doddering old coot who's half senile and doesn't know any better and sticks his foot in his mouth and walks around smelling women and biting his finger on stage like that's what everybody in America does. If he's just playing that role, Lorenza, then he'd step aside, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Step aside, Joker, because nobody's playing their role better than Joe Biden. 855-765-1045. This is Mark in San Antonio. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing fine, Mark. Uh, the question that I had was, you know, what will happen, you know, hypothetically to all these people that have accused Donald Trump unjustly? You mean the Democrats? Yes. 
Oh, uh, that's a great question. Absolutely nothing will happen to the Democrats who accuse Donald Trump unjustly. Now, there may be some uh, there may be some movement in, in some of these FBI charges and these FBI cases against McCabe and, and Comey and things like that. There may be some movement against the Bidens. And even, uh, you know, there's been some investigation into Hillary Clinton in the long run. Donald Trump. Here's the thing, because. Donald Trump could set this victory up to do one thing and one thing alone, and that is use the next four years to to get back at his accusers. He could become totally vindictive. Donald Trump could win the election in November and say, "Okay, the impeachment failed. I'm still here. I got four more years. I got William Barr. I got uh, all my people in place. We're going after everybody whoever did me wrong. The only problem is. Donald Trump is not a Democrat. Donald Trump does not use the power of the federal government to destroy. Donald Trump uses the power of the government to build. He's a construction worker. He's a builder. He is a creator. Because in this world, there's two kinds of people, the people that create and the people that destroy. And even though Donald Trump may want it, and even though you may want it and I may want it, and even though the tens of thousands of people that jam the Donald Trump rallies and stand up there and cheer, lock her up, lock her up. And then when he starts talking about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, they go, lock him up, lock him up. Maybe everybody in the entire world wants Donald Trump to go after every single political enemy he's ever had and put them behind bars. I just don't think that in Donald Trump's heart of hearts, I don't think when he gets the choice to spend four more years making and keeping America great or or using his power to get after the people who have hurt him, I just don't think that's what he would decide. Uh, I just, just from what I've seen and know of the man, I just don't think that that's in him. I think he would not squander the next four years of his presidency on something that trivial. Um, but I could be wrong. It wouldn't be the first time. I thought I was going to have hair for the rest of my life, and pff, we'll see how that turned out. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, and thank you for laughing at that, Hannah. 855-765-1045. This is uh, Richard in Laura, Ohio. Richard, hi. Thanks for calling the Marquee Show. How are you? Richard, you there? All right, we'll get back to Richard here in just a minute. This is Chris in St. Augustine. How you doing, Chris? Good. How are you, Mark? Oh, doing great. Thanks so much for asking. What did you want to say, Chris? So I have a theory. Oh, if let's Joe hear it. Biden, yes. So if Joe Biden gets the nomination for the Democratic presidency, he's going to pick Michelle Obama as his running mate. Yeah. Then he's going to step down because of some reason, and she becomes president. Then she has to pick a running mate, which would then be Hillary. That's interesting. So you think that Michelle Obama will ascend to the presidency with Hillary Clinton as her vice president? Oh, possibly. And then what happens? Michelle Obama, like, quote unquote, slips in the shower or something and Hillary Clinton then has to become president. Oh, I mean, no, no, no. Then they run their four years. And of course, you know, they run again and with him as the VP. Yeah. And when Michelle, if Michelle gets in. But I'm a Trump person. So, no, we got that. But, that, uh, that then, then she'll, you know, run have the opportunity to run again for president. Kelly, that is an interesting theory, and I've heard a lot of different – look, the, I mean, the fact of the matter is, and the Democrats, as as quirky and as, as, as weird and as just shady and sly as they are, they also know that they have to run a viable candidate. And I don't think it's that they don't think they can win. I think it's that they don't think they can win with any single Democrat on the ticket. Biden, Hillary, Bernie, Elizabeth Warren – 
or or Michelle Obama. In fact, I'll take it one step further. I think they know that they could win with Bernie, but nothing would be worse for the Democratic Party than to have Bernie Sanders as their nominee. 855-765-1045. All right, quick press. Speaking of, you know what, speaking of all that, let's talk a little bit about, uh, we'll talk about a little bit of impeachment uh, here in, in the next hour. Also, there's a huge Second Amendment rally going on right now in Virginia, in Richmond, and we should touch on that too. We got, we got like one more hour and like five minutes coming up. And more of the Mark Hay Show. Stay tuned. We need to be talking about what's going on in Richmond, Virginia right now with the 2A rally. And, yeah, it's a big deal going on up there right now, and I don't hear anybody talking about it. Yeah, you know what? We are going to talk about that. We've been talking about it. We talked about it all last week, and now it's here today, and we're going to be talking about it here in just a minute. And in fact, if you want to talk about it, the best thing to do is give us a buzz at 855-765-1045. 855-765-1045. Because what happened is the 2A rally, the Second Amendment rally that's been planned for a long time, is more poignant and important to a lot of these um, anti-gun rights groups this year because Virginia, which is firmly now under Democratic control at the state level, is is really limiting uh, some of your handgun uh, handgun choices and uh, background checks. And they're doing probably the most stringent gun law uh, that they've ever done in that state, in the Commonwealth of Virginia and probably around the uh, around the country. So it's put a lot of national attention on it. Plus, Governor Ralph Northam, he uh, he basically called for martial law. He banned guns in the Capitol today at the gun rally. Uh, Quick question. Who the hell goes to a pro Second Amendment rally unarmed? Yeah, I guess I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it seems kind of like it's like you go to a, a freedom of speech rally and you don't say anything. You Just forgot, sit there. You forgot what? to play your ding noise. I forgot. Uh, to, what? Yeah. After that, that amazing open mic. Oh, yeah. All right. Sorry, deserved I'll, it. OK, I pre- thank you. And I appreciate that. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. This is we'll get to that uh, here in just a minute, by the way. Kelly in Jacksonville. How are you? Hi, Mark. Hi. I'm good. Oh, good. Oh, what did you want to say, Kelly? Well, it, you know, it was a long time ago um, after the presidency of Andrew Jackson and sometime around like when Garfield was assassinated. Yeah. It, there was this civil outcry about the foil system and the fact that political winners were using their offices to benefit, you know, their local people and their families sure. and their friends by giving them civil service jobs. And it was very United States-centric because that was the pre-World War One era. But maybe we need to look at revisiting the scope of the act that was passed to prohibit the spoil system in government service and extending it to uh, foreign contracts and foreign service as well. You know, it's so funny. I recently, Kelly, you bring up a great point. I recently got back into the West Wing. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, the West Wing's all liberal propaganda, which it is. But it's also really well written. And a lot of, I was telling the other Josh the other day, a lot of what happened in the original season of the West Wing is happening today. And now that I go back and watch it under the current... I mean, when you look at how unilateral the media is and Hollywood is and when you look at how just liberal they are, the West Wing really seems bipartisan. And as I'm watching it, uh, Aaron Sorkin, who was in charge, he did actually a fairly decent job of making sure that even though it was the story of a Democrat president and a Democrat cabinet, he did a really good job of almost, you know, of fairly showing both sides and making sure that the Democrats didn't always win and the Democrats didn't always get their way. 
and that sometimes the Republicans and the voters were 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 getting what they wanted, which was, you know, um, their majority opinion heard. And so now that I've been going back and watching it, there was one episode where something very similar happened. There was a war breaking out between India and Pakistan and and the uh, State Department or whomever came in and said, you need to basically shut this war down with money. You need to buy India a computer industry. And if you buy India computer industry, they will back off from Pakistan and the world will not go to nuclear war. And the president's like, the Constitution does not allow me to buy a country, a, uh, a computer industry to shut down a war. We can't do that. And he said, of course, you've been doing it for years. You've been doing it in the ways of foreign aid or or the Marshall Act or, you know, how do you rebuild this system? It's always done. It's just not called what it is. And that's exactly what happened with Joe Biden. Joe Biden didn't go in there and it wasn't called nepotism or abuse of power. It was called, uh, you know, the, the personal interest of the Ukraine or it was called, um, you know, making it wasn't a quid pro quo back then. That was just called making sure that we were getting rid of corruption in some of the less, uh, you know, uh, palatable parts of the world. So, yeah, look, there, there could always be an act or a law or a dictate that makes it illegal for politicians to abuse their power. But that's the beauty of politicians. They're always going to find a name or a clause or some kind of some kind of legal precedent that will let them do exactly this kind of thing forever, only under a different name. 855-765-1045. This is Monty in Washington State. Monty, how are you? Uh, doing good, Mark. Uh, just calling to say hi to you and Hannah. That's uh, my, my niece. Yeah, oh, Hannah's your, <laughs> Hannah's your niece, <laughs> huh? Well, Dave, the deal is, uh, listening to your stuff about the uh, Second Amendment yeah. and watching the news today on CBS yeah. and all this, but I would just have to say the whole thing boils down in a nutshell. It's basically there's no more Republicans and Democrats. It's basically only globalists and nationalists. And, you know, it's... <laughs> Globalists, their goal, according to their own uh, sustainable development meeting in September of 2015, they laid out 17 steps for the one world happy family government. And that if you go into all that, uh, what we're seeing today on the news, everything is lockstep with that as far as, you know, uh, get the guns from the peons and Anyway, we're going to lose our national sovereignty, and they didn't handpick uh, Trump, so that's the 24-7 witch hunt on yeah, him. Monty, and- you, you bring up a great – got to take a quick break, but you bring up an amazing point because – and we should talk about this. Uh, this gun rally in uh, going on in Richmond right now, the Virginia rally for the Second Amendment rights. I get, you're right. It is not as much as the media wants you to think about it and as much as the Democrats want you to think about this. It is not a Democrat Republican debate because Democrats and Republicans all love the Second Amendment. Democrats and Republicans. We a lot of Democrats like guns, too. This is definitely a class debate. It's the rich versus the poor. It's the nationalists versus the globalists. You're 100% right. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Thanks for calling. 855-765-1045. If you want to chime in, too, more of the Mark Show coming up. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark Show. This is the Mark K Show. The unfree press is just dying for violence. 
in Richmond today. That way they can blame it on the president when it's really the fault of the governor of the state. Uh, it's, that's 100 percent true. The, you know, the thing about this gun rally and the, everyone talking about what's going on in Virginia today in Richmond and how how horrible it is. And it's happening on Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. And there's a, just a bunch of Republicans out there looking to cause trouble. And the governor had to declare a state of emergency and everyone just guns, guns. They all want guns. And why can't we all just get rid of our guns? And there's going to be and people will die. White supremacy, white supremacy. That's basically what you're hearing um, out of the media and the news and the press. But that's not at all what it is. In fact, we're following along on Twitter and I'm watching some of the videos and I'm seeing some of the signs. And there is a cornucopia of people on both sides. Of course, you have you have protesters out there, Antifa wrapped in their black mask, who three years ago today, the same people were in Washington, D.C. for the inauguration of Donald Trump, which happened three years ago today. Now they're all in Richmond because that's what they do. They get on buses. They go wherever they're paid. They cause havoc and they get in the face of Americans who are trying to protect their 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 constitutional rights as granted by the forefathers of the United States. Oh, and also God. And so that's happening in Richmond today. But it's not what you would think. In fact, there's one clip I want to play. you. This is from uh, Michael Kudry. It's a video of a guy being interviewed. Uh, looks like it looks like he's like a 45 year old African-American hanging out with his buddies. Listen to this. This was live earlier today in Richmond, Virginia. The main re- the real reason I'm out here is I do not support in any way, shape or form Governor Northam's and the Democrats gun control. What I also don't support is the fact that every news piece you've seen on this this weekend, They've always brought up the issue of race, as though it's nothing but white rednecks and hillbillies out here who care for the Second Amendment. When actually, black Americans, Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, Americans in general, they care about the Second Amendment. Look at that. That is, I'm going to tell that is one of the best clips and one of the best succinct explanations of what's going on in Richmond, Virginia today. Every, Americans care about their rights. This is only the Second Amendment, the First Amendment we all know. This is the Second Amendment. I mean, you would think that the first, like, five or six are the most important ones, and this is the second one. And Americans of every race, of every creed, of every color, of every sex, of every denomination, Asian, Latino, African-American, Caucasian-American, it's not just, like he said, what, the hillbillies and the rednecks who are out there trying to keep their guns safe? It's all Americans. And he's sick and tired of the media coverage and the Democrats and Governor Northam trying to turn it into something that it's not. It is not an angry bunch of white dudes descending on Richmond like it like, you know, what happened in Charlottesville. It's going to be Charlottesville all over again. And Donald Trump tweets out this morning, your Second Amendment rights, America, are under attack in Richmond, it's very important what's happening there today. And everyone's like, Donald Trump is stoking the fire. Stoking the fire of what? Of American, of Americanism? Of the Constitution? Stoking the fire of the Bill of Rights? Stoking the fire of the inalienable rights that were granted to us by our forefathers who fought a war? And thank God they were armed, because if they weren't, we'd be welcoming Harry and Meghan back to the United States as uh, the, still the prince and princess, because we'd still be British. We'd be drinking tea every morning instead of coffee. We'd be eating crumpets instead of donuts. And crumpets are basically like little dough doorstops. They're horrible. 
So you got all this stuff, scones. Oh, it's, it's making my mouth dry out just thinking about it. So you've got all these people out there in Richmond fighting for their Second Amendment right. And everywhere you turn on the TV or go on the Internet, uh, you see people bastardizing what's actually happening. Also, th- this is great. There's a uh, there's a gay contingent there and they're holding up signs that say gun rights are also gay rights. Gays for the Second Amendment. You don't think there aren't gay people out there that love shooting rifles and shotguns and handguns and pistols? Come on. There's another guy out there that says, uh, my, oh, the, where was this one sign I saw? It was great. It was a minority group and they had a ton of, oh, armed minorities are harder to oppress. Think about that one when you look at these rallies and when you think about what's going on. I mean, there are so many African Americans that are pro gun and pro Second Amendment and want every right. That, I mean, if you think about the African-American plight, then let's do it because it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. If you think about African-Americans in this country, were they treated equally when this country was founded? Nope. Were they treated fairly in the Civil War? Uh-uh. Was, that a, was slavery a big part of what almost tore this country apart? You bet. But did we get a president who emancipated the slaves? Yes. Did we get equal voting rights? Yes. Did we get equal rights for uh, for minorities of every uh, color and creed and race? Yes. Are we now equal in this country? Sure. And African-Americans, having fought so hard for over 200 years, the last thing they want to do is start giving rights away. They want all the rights. They want the right to freedom of speech and the press and religion and to bear arms because they're Americans. And those are all rights afforded to every single freaking American, even in Virginia. 855-765-1045 is our number if you want to get through on this. 855-765-1045 is our number. Alex Jones, by the way, from InfoWars, he's there in a tank. <laughs> he's got a big – and it's not the first thing. He's been out in his tank before, but he's got his tank, and he's driving around, and he's got a big megaphone. 1776. 1776 1776177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177177
And I said, you need ammo for a hurricane? He goes, damn right, you need ammo for a hurricane. And I said, why do you need ammo for a hurricane? And he said, because if you can't protect your perimeter, you ain't got a perimeter. And I never even thought about it. You're right. If there's no if there's no telephone and there's no power and there's no security system and your 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 safe touch is, is, is on the fritz because the hurricane came through and blew everything out of the way. If you have no way to protect your family in your home, you, you if you don't have any way to protect your property, you have no property. And that's something that the founding fathers knew. If you have no way to protect your rights from an oppressive government regime, either foreign or domestic, then you don't have rights at all. And this Constitution that we're writing, it's pointless. If you don't have the ability to pick up a gun and point it at somebody who's trying to take away the rights guaranteed you in the First Amendment, then that First Amendment is non-existent. That's why they wrote the Second Amendment. And that's why today... You've got thousands of people, Americans of every background coming together to protect and to keep those rights. 855-765-1045. Got to take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, more of your phone calls. Larry, Lisa, Scooter, everybody hang tight. We're going to get to you here in just a minute. It's the Mark K Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Show live today on uh, 104.5 WOKV here in Jacksonville, WHIO in Dayton, Ohio. We think maybe KRMG in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're not sure though. We haven't got it. We're gonna we're gonna figure that one out. And uh, we are streaming right now live everywhere on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, YouTube. Uh, Hannah tried to switch our stream. She tried to get everyone to stream this live gun rally though in Virginia. And I was like, why are you telling people to turn off our stream to stream something else? So now what we're doing is we're streaming the live stream in uh, Richmond, Virginia. So you can just although it's really boring, it's just people walking up and down the street uh, wearing nra hats and and big orange stickers that say uh what do they say gun. don't tread on me no it says uh, <laughs> what does that say everyone has these stickers oh guns save lives and guns save lives uh which is ironic because there's no guns apparently in richmond today because of the state of emergency declared by governor north how are they protecting the people of virginia with guns yeah, well, that's, that's a good point. Uh, also, on Twitter, there's a lot of people. They may not be in the city center, but there's a lot of people walking around fully armed. So I don't know where the guns are actually banned, I think, on the Capitol or within a few blocks of the Capitol. But I see a lot of people. I see a lot of rifles and stuff uh, in Richmond today. Uh, Paul on uh, Fleming Island. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, doing great, man. Thanks so much for calling the Marcasia. What do you want to say, Paul? Well, I just wanted to point out that, uh, you know, we've got... Second Amendment has got problems right here in Florida. Uh, the uh, State House of uh, Representatives uh, from Tampa area, I think his name is Bill Galvano, uh, is uh, pushing a bill. He, he got backed by uh, Bloomberg. He got a $500,000 donation. And so, and he's a Republican, supposed to be. Uh, and so he's flipped, and now he's uh, trying to get a gun bill passed in Florida that's going to restrict gun sales at, at gun shows. Yeah. Yeah, look, their gun rights is and it's definitely an issue everywhere. And the biggest reason, you know, because a lot of people are like, why do I care what happens in Virginia? Why do I care what happens here and there? Well, because what happens is if something if, if one state does something crazy, all of a sudden 
The other states kind of think, well, maybe it's not so crazy if they did it in, in Virginia. You know, if they did it in a state like Virginia, one of the 13 original colonies, if they're one of the first to really take a crack at the Second Amendment and win, then maybe we could do it here in Florida. Or maybe we could do it in Wisconsin. Or maybe we could do it in Minnesota. Or maybe we could do it in Chicago, New York, California, all those other places. And, you know, look at all the other – look at look at legalized marijuana. Nobody ever thought marijuana would be legal in Colorado, but now you can go to the state, to the capital of the United States, Washington, D.C., and just start smoking weed. You know, it's, it's, it's everywhere now because it, it's, a, it's definitely the domino effect. And that's why, yes, we are an individualized union of states, but as one state goes, so do the rest of them. And if one state starts acting up, the last thing you want, if the last thing you want is the other 49 thinking that they can follow suit. Uh, but, yeah, here in Florida, it's definitely something we want to pay attention to because Florida, again, is a very gun-friendly state. No, you can't open carry, but you can pretty much carry every – in fact, I think I read a, a statement that one out of every two people in Florida is a gun owner. I don't know if that's right or not, but, uh, but you know, I'm going to get – yeah, one. It, it may have been one gun for every two people. Is that what it is? Yeah, maybe one not gun. gun owners, but say you have two guns and I have no guns. Between us, we each have a gun. We each have half a gun. You have two guns and I have no guns. Between us, we each have one gun. No, if I have two guns and you have no guns, then I have two guns and you have no guns. <laughs> Math is hard. Just FYI. <laughs> you better stand behind me. 855-765-1045 is the number. 855-765-1045. Uh, now, this gun rights, and the other thing they're talking about is, as well is definitely the violence. Uh, somebody I'm watching, Lois Beckett, she's on Twitter. She said, you know what's striking about the scene at the gun rights rally in Richmond is what you don't see. Almost no cops, a little cluster of state police there, no lines of riot cops, no law enforcement in riot gear. Now, this is an interesting quote for two reasons, because clearly she believes that whenever you have pro Second Amendment rallies or gun enthusiasts, activists, people who are protecting their rights in the Constitution, Republicans, basically, she just assumes there's going to be riots. She's like, where's the riot police? Why aren't they lined up in front of the in front of the pro uh, Second Amendment rally? Um, but but the opposite is true. The riot police are needed when you have Antifa and the left and when you have the inauguration. In fact, the inauguration that I went to three years ago, the inauguration, a political event where we swear in a brand new president, a celebration of American democracy, which happened three years ago to the day had much more violence and many more angry protesters than I've seen at any of these uh, at any of these gun rallies in and around Virginia. Here's some here's a clip. This is I was walking around with my camera uh, on inauguration day. Here's a, just a couple of little clips that I picked up. I posted them on my Facebook page as a, like a throwback of what happened three years ago today at the at the inauguration of President uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> line of protesters who were blocking blocking the entrances to the mall from the people that had tickets who were going in to see Donald Trump they wanted to go and they wanted to watch the the inauguration they were there peacefully and they were just wearing their red hats and they lined up they tried to block the entrance so nobody could get in and they started chanting you wanted a wall now what they didn't realize is we wanted a wall you know 700 miles south on the Mexican border not in downtown DC in front of the Washington Mall but you know whatever they're protesters they can't be that smart there was another group a couple blocks away chanting this Stay loud and stay clear. 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 Stay loud and stay clear.
sort of. They are welcome here, unless, of course, they're trying to get onto the Washington Mall to watch the inauguration of Donald Trump because those other idiots have just built the human wall in front of it and they're barricading everybody. So, look, there, yes, protests can turn violent. Protests uh, can turn riotous. Protests can need a lot of police. But it's not Republicans and Americans that are just protecting their rights. It's always the radical socialist leftists who are trying to impede the rights of others. They're the ones who get violent. And if you don't believe me, I mean, well, just go to my Facebook page and watch that Project Veritas video from that guy that runs the Bernie Sanders campaign. 855-765-1045. Quick break. We got some games coming up. We got some more of your phone calls coming up. If you want to talk about guns, the Second Amendment, anything at all, give us a buzz. We'll get to them right after this. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Marque Show. This is the Mark K Show. Do they think we're just a bunch of Yosemite Sams? A rating and a taking. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I hate that rabbit. Don't even don't even think about taking my gun in Virginia. Oh, wait, oh, that's the wrong one. That's what we're looking for there. there. Uh, star, star, 104.5 is the way to get through, or 855-765-1045. A couple more minutes here with the Mark K Show. Before we get out of here, we're going to play something we like to call America Squares, which is a lot like uh, Hollywood Squares, only it's all of America, not just not just the uh, liberal Hollywood elitists. We'll do that here in just a minute. But first, a bunch of people want to call in and, and chime in about what's happening in Virginia today. And we've been we've been watching it live. It's a very, so far, peaceful rally. And a lot of people walking around. I mean, a lot of people. There's a lot of people there. I don't know. For the most part, they seem to be very peaceful gun um, enthusiasts, people who like to protect themselves and exercise their Second Amendment rights, people who say that guns save lives, people that say their rights shall not be infringed. Uh, there's gay people out there fighting for the, the gun rights of gays. There's uh, black people and Hispanics fighting for minority gun rights because, really, they're looking. I mean, and again, Governor Northam and, and this this Virginia uh, Commonwealth, the, uh, the um, Democrats in the Senate there, they're not just trying to restrict guns from a certain segment of their population, but all of them. And the reason why is because that's how you can really control somebody. And that's and that's what uh, that's what Monty called in about an hour ago and said, yeah, this is a globalist versus nationalism. If you if you can't be an American, that America first agenda that Donald Trump has been so successful in promoting and supporting and protecting, you can't be America first if Americans don't have any guns. Then it's government first, and then the government can do whatever they want, including, uh, you know, unionizing with Mexico and Canada like they did in Europe. You know why the European Union is a thing? Because not everyone in Europe is walking around with the right to bear arms. It's true. Not everyone in Europe. You know why uh, Switzerland has been able to remain neutral? Throughout all the world wars, it's because all of their citizens uh, get guns when they're 16. There's mandatory conscription. You graduate from high school, you go away for three months, you learn how to fight in the Swiss Army, you get the little knife with all the little, with the screwdriver and the bottle opener and the, and you know, and the little uh, magnifying glass and the toothpick, and then you also get an M16. And then you go home and you take your knife and your M16 and you put it in your closet and everybody in the everybody knows that everybody else in the country is well armed. That's why they've been neutral. That's why their banking system is so protected. That's why it's such a safe place to live. 855-765-1045. John in Ocala, Florida. Hi, John. How are you? John in Ocala, Florida? Hey. Oh, hey. How's it going, man? I'm doing great. 
You know, I'm just, I, I, I'm watching all this unfold, and what, what troubles me is that they have these rallies, but the rallies do what they do, but nothing changes. And the gun control keeps going forward, just like it did in Germany, like it did in Venezuela. What really can be done to, to protect our rights in reality? You know, it's interesting you said that, John. The gun control seems to be, I'm going to be honest with you, of all the groups that have been able to push forth their agendas, I feel like for whatever reason, and maybe it's just the strength, uh, you know, or the ability of, of the gun lobby, or maybe it's just the fact that, that there's more common sense in, 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 you know, in major American, um, cities than people think. But the gun lobby, you, or the, uh, the, the, uh, gun restriction laws are moving very slowly. And I think it's because of rallies like this. Now, yeah, what they do is they, they take an incident and they say, okay, well, now we're going to, uh, you know, after Las Vegas, we're going to get rid of bump stocks. And then the next thing they're going to do is get rid of a weapon that fires this certain number of rounds. And, of course, you can't have a fully automatic weapon, but you can have a semi-automatic weapon. And then, of course, if, you're, if your short-barreled rifle is 16 inches, that's fine. But if it's 12 inches, it's illegal, and you need a tax stamp. So they can restrict it. But I, I believe that we are, we are hopefully way far away from the kinds of things that have happened in these oppressive Nazi regimes around the world. Now... The reason is because we still have a conservative in the White House and we have a conservative Senate. We have a conservative Supreme Court and we have a lot of gun owning Americans that actually exercise that right. And the more you exercise your right to, uh, the, you know, the, the lucky, the longer you're going to keep it. Just like exercising at the gym. If you want bigger muscles, if you want to get stronger, go to the gym more exercise more if you want to be a strong second amendment advocate you got to exercise that right more and you got to go to these rallies and you got to talk to your senators and you got to vote appropriately and make sure that you're putting candidates in there. virginia i don't think they knew what they were getting when they had governor northam and i don't think they knew what they were getting when they put this senate in place that was that was uh, going to pass all of these restrictive gun laws first thing by the way i'd like to point out they're not socializing medicine in virginia they're not reforming education in Virginia, they're not building a stronger economy or, or working on infrastructure in Virginia. You know, what the first thing these wackos did as soon as they walked into office was try to grab your guns. That's where their priorities are. Their priorities are not for the people of the Commonwealth of Virginia. If they were, they'd be using their power to build more schools or redo the roads or invest in the country or the or the state. The first, they're like, hey, we have power now. Let's go grab some guns. And then we'll go down the rest of the rights and we'll see what other ones. Maybe we can restrict freedom of the press so that nobody can watch Fox News in Virginia. Wouldn't that be great? Then we wouldn't have to see pictures of our of our governor in blackface anymore or, or hiding under a Klan hood. 855-765-1045. Mike in Palaka. How you doing, Mike? Doing great, Mark. Oh, good. Uh, what do you want to say, sir? Uh, my opinion on what's going on in Virginia right now. Yeah. Is Ralph Northam? He's paying back the Democratic Party for covering for him and keeping him in office through the whole blackface scandal, through his whole testimony on infanticide, and you know his beliefs. So what he's doing by trying to take guns and and putting this in the highlightment is paying back the Democratic Party. Interesting. I see what I see what you're saying. He sold his soul to the Democrats because they had to cover for him. And now uh, now he's like, all right, what do you want me to do? Guns? Fine. We can. That's an interesting theory. 
Look, I wouldn't put it past. There's all kinds of backdoor deals in that party. I wouldn't put it past any of them to do anything like this. Uh, but, uh, but interesting point, man. I didn't even think about that. Hey, thanks so much for the call. Uh, all right. Before we get out of here for the day, and I can't believe these three hours, these three hours flew right by. And if you've been listening all day in Dayton, Ohio or in, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we appreciate it. Before we get out of here, we're going to take some time and we're going to do something we like to call America Squares. This is a game. It's a lot like Hollywood Squares. If you're familiar how that worked, except instead of Hollywood, we're just going to use all of America. And we have some celebrities, sort of, and we have some prizes, sort of, and uh, and we have some questions. So if you would like to play, we need two contestants. We'll need, we need two contestants. Get on the horn right now, 855-765-1045. If you're calling from a cell phone, you can dial star star 1045, and you can get through too. Star star 1045 or 855-765-1045. We need two contestants to play America Squares. It's coming up next on the Marque Show. My name is Mark K. Thanks so much for joining us today. Folks, we're so excited to be here. And uh, all right, before we get out of here for the man, what a th- this three-hour show went so fast. Before we get out of here for today, uh, we're going to do something that we love to do. It's called America Squares. It's like the old game show Hollywood Squares, only we don't have real celebrities. And we don't just limit it to Hollywood. We like to go branch out through all of America. And today, the solar system. So uh, Hannah's going to be our host. She's going to ask some questions. Um, and then we'll introduce our celebrities. First, let's meet our contestants, shall we? We shall. All right, perfect. First up is Andrea in Jacksonville. Andrea, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. Oh, great, Andrea. You ready to play some America Squares? I'm going to try. Yeah, just try. That's all we can ask. And you are going to be playing today against, it looks like, uh, Richard from Laura, Ohio. Hi, Richard. How are you doing? Great. How are you doing? Great, Laura. Uh, Richard, are you ready to play some America Squares? Absolutely. All right, perfect. Here's how this works. We're going to introduce you to, uh, to some celebrities. One at a time, you will choose a celebrity square with which to play. We will ask them a question, and all you have to do is agree or disagree with their answer. Does that sound fun? Yep. Yes. All right, perfect. Would you like to meet the celebrities you can play with today? Yes. yes. All right, first up, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, the LSU Championship Tigers, give it up for Coach O. Hey, I had a good game on the other day, and my team did well. Go, go Tigers. Thank you, Mark. I'm very happy to be here. I just went away. Coach O, what's your full last name? I forget. Orgeron. Orgeron, yeah. Orgeron. You guys call me Coach O. Very good. Also, ladies and gentlemen, fresh from the campaign trail and now sitting in on the Senate impeachment trial, give it up for Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. Hello, I'm uh, happy to be here today. And who who boot? Is that who boot? Is it who's that? Listen, uh, Donald Trump is the most dishonest president in the history of forever. Okay, good. Uh, and then also uh, joining us from the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. Please give it up for The Mandalorian. Not cool. Happy to be here. If you choose me, you will win. This is the way. <laughs> Very good. And then, uh, and then finally, uh, fresh from his uh, his Megxit, uh, a new North American and former prince, Prince Harry, or as we call him now, just <laughs> Harry. Wow, uh, Richard is not a fan of Universal. <laughs> Hello, I'm so pleased to be here with my wife Megan, and I hope that everyone will appreciate uh, us. Okay, good. Uh, here's what we're going to do. Well, Andrew, we're going to start with you. All we need you to do is pick a celebrity that you would like to play with. Hannah will then ask that celebrity a question. You just have to agree or disagree with their answer. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, who would you like to play with? Bernie Sanders, Prince Harry, Coach O, or The Mandalorian? 
Harry. Harry. Oh, very good. Bravo. Very good. Very good. Very good. All right, Hannah, the first question, please, for Harry. All right. Formerly known as Prince Harry. All right, Harry. Who wrote the Medicare for All Act of 2019? Uh, the Medicare for All Act was a very good act for all because Medicare was given to all of them. Uh, it was written, of course, by uh, Dr. Uh, Spock, very prominent American medical doctor. All right. Do you agree or disagree? I'm going to disagree. That is correct. It was Bernie Sanders. Oh, oh it was Bernie oh, Sanders. That's right. I remember. It was me. I wrote the damn bill. There we go. Oh, so, so good. <laughs> I thought you were Dr. Spock. I'm so sorry. All right, good. So there we go. Andrea, you're on the board with a point. Uh, Richard, up to you. Who would you like to play with? with Bernie Sanders, Prince Harry, Coach O, or the Mandalorian? I'll do Coach O. Coach O, you ready? I'm ready to go to do this. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> First question for Coach O, please. All right. In what year did Florida become a state? Oh, this is my that One time I was in Florida. It was a good time. I was born in Louisiana. So I buy, buy you. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Florida State in the year. Nah. 1844. All right. 1844, go Tigers. 1844. Richard, do you agree or disagree? Uh, I agree. I'm so sorry. You're off by one year. It's 1845. Uh, oh, yeah. That's oh, tough. That's too bad. That's too bad. I would like to point out that neither Coach O nor Richard are from Florida, so that was a very tough one. Uh, all right, Andrea, you you maintain the lead, one nothing, and it's your pick again. Who would you like to play with? Bernie Sanders, Prince Harry, Coach O, or the Mandalorian? Mandalorian. Mandalorian. All right, here we go. Today is your day. All right, Mandalorian. <laughs> at the at the time of his assassination, what play was Abraham Lincoln watching? My big theater buff out on Tatooine. Um, President Lincoln was watching the play. Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Andrea, do you agree or disagree? Shakespeare's the way. Disagree. <laughs> that is that is a smart choice. It was our American cousin. <laughs> Shakespeare's the way. Romeo. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. Father, child. Yeah. Uh, all right, Richard. You got All right, Richard. You got to get on the board here. It's your pick. A coach o, the Mandalorian, Prince Harry, or Bernie Sanders. Yeah, that's good, crazy Bernie. Crazy Bernie. That's right. And son, I am. I will show you how to win, because that's what we need to do. I'm going to get out today. <laughs> All right, Bernie. Where was Richard Nixon when he delivered his infamous "I am not a crook" speech? Richard Nixon is a very, very bad man. The second worst president in the history of the United. States. The most worst dishonest <laughs> is Donald Trump. But President Nixon was a close second. When he said, I am not a crook, he was standing on the White House lawn getting on the helicopter, Marine One helicopter, to say goodbye forever. All right, Richard, do you agree or disagree? I think I agree. I don't know. I guess I agree. Oh, I'm so sorry. He was actually uh, at Disney World in Orlando. Uh, huh. Another, another Florida. Yeah, another, another Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Florida, the horrible red state. I hate Florida. I the heat, the humidity, and all the Republicans. It's awful. It's terrible. All right, uh, Richard, you're uh, zero points. Andrea, you can wrap this thing up right here, uh, and, and it's a clean sweep, three to one. Who would you like, Bernie Sanders, Prince Harry, Cocho, or the Mandalorian? I'm going to go with Bernie. Oh, Bernie, you can never lose with Bernie Sanders unless you're Richard from Ohio. Uh, okay, uh, the question for Bernie Sanders, please. All right, the question for Bernie. Who was the first U.S. president to be impeached? 
That's easy. The, this year, because if this year be Donald Trump, the worst president in the history of the world. But if we're talking about all time, the first one was Richard Nixon. From who was that? The last question was in Orlando. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you agree or disagree? <laughs> disagree. That is correct. It was Andrew Johnson. Look at that. And with a score of three to nothing, that means Andrea, congratulations, you've won in a clean sweep of America Squares. Uh, Richard, hang tight one second, buddy. Thanks so much for playing. We really appreciate it. And Andrea, we're going to hook you up with a Mark K Show prize pack, uh, some news 104. Point, or some 104.5 WOKV swag. And thank you so much for joining. You did a great job. Okay, good. There you go. Hold on one second. We'll hook you up. Everybody You're else, welcome. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who listened in today. Uh, our friends at WHIO in Dayton, Ohio, KRMG in Tulsa, Oklahoma, everybody online. Enjoy the rest of your Martin Luther King holiday. We will be back tomorrow. A very exciting day tomorrow. It is, of course, the impeachment trial of Donald Trump Day 2. And we will bring you all the action live starting at 10 a.m. It's the Marquesia. Have a great day. See you, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.